0: now let's see what mr radio land's got are you all ready oh god no something else come on what you got what you got no, something else, come on, come on, come on, come on, oh jeez, got a song again, come on, something, come on, what you got, what you got, hey now, what's this, let's give this a listen. everybody, and welcome to the Sounds Atlantic podcast. For several years now, when I'm visiting Prince Edward Island for various music events, I've always had the pleasure of catching up with today's special guest, and she is Irish-born, new Canadian named, fittingly, Irish Mythen. Well, I'd say what would strike you most when you hear her songs is the passion with which she delivers them, And uh, Irish believes totally and convincingly in what she does, and you can't miss the message she writes. I guess that's uh, simply a reflection of her passion for life. I'm your host, Ron Moores, and I'm inviting you to join me for episode 36 of the Sounds Atlantic podcast, and today I'm going to feature an interview with my featured guest, Irish Mython. Now, if you're not familiar with either Irish or her music, just let me tell you a little bit about them both, Before she joins us here And that'll give you a little bit of insight In what to expect Irish hails from the Republic of Ireland In County Wexford If I have my facts straight And as a youngster spent some time In the United Arab Emirates Before emigrating to Canada In search of her career And you can be sure that Europe's loss Is our gain Though PEI is home Irish tours the world And has found many an admiring fan ...at whatever event she performs and has now found an especially receptive audience in the Commonwealth of Australia... ...for example, where she toured a couple of years ago with uh, Melissa Etheridge and just a while ago again as a solo artist. Her performances and recordings have brought recognition in the form of nominations and awards from Music Prince Edward Island, the East Coast Music Association... SOCAN and Folk Alliance International, where in 2017 she was nominated for International Folk Artist of the Year. Write-ups in Australian Guitar Magazine and Rolling Stone and a plethora of online publications worldwide have helped plant Irish firmly on the map of must-see artists. And I hope that once you've listened to our interview, you will add her to your list if you haven't already. Following her appearance at the Philadelphia Folk Festival a couple of years back, Lisa Schwartz wrote that, I had no idea what to expect when this five-foot-nothing lady took the stage, all smiles and twinkling eyes and guitar. Then she opened her mouth and out flew a voice that came straight from the heavens, with all the power and the glory and the truth of someone destined to be a singer. I've been blessed with seeing and hearing a lot of talented musicians in my life but I have never experienced anyone quite like Irish Mythen. She's a force of nature and a gift from the Almighty herself. (laughs) That from Lisa Schwartz, uh, writing from the Philadelphia Folk Festival a while back. Now, before Irish joins us to talk about her fresh, off-the-press, brand-new release, I thought it would be a nice thing, especially for those of you who have never heard her music, to listen to some tracks from previous albums, so I'm going to start off with four or five pieces. Now the first four tracks we'll sample come from her self titled release and from this we'll listen to Gypsy Dancer, Take Me to the Water, Their Waltz, and Four Walls, and here we go.
1: Sure. I? My dream. Trip- my hand We'll move across this floor We'll dance some time we'll Right out the door So keep with me the With me, my love, for the rest of time, we'll walk forever through this world and on. They can't take our love, though your memories have gone. i carry them for you So gentle yet strong I'll carry you, my wife Let this be not our last song So keep with me the rhythm with me, my love, for the rest of time. It's the sound of your voice It's calling me back So I close The sound of your voice You're calling me back All oh, let the door be open Let I'm letting
0: Gallant, mm-hmm. hoping you'll stay tuned to Sounds Atlantic and Ron Moores, the Atlantic Canada's finest singers, songwriters. We had to hit the ditch to miss the deer in our lights. Before we sell this car, remember later on. Well, all right, everyone. That was Irish Mythen from her self-titled album. We wound up with four walls, backed by their waltz. Take Me to the Water and Gypsy Dancer. And uh, last but not least, in our preview of Irish and her music, is a recording you'll find on YouTube. It's titled Jesus, and it may be the best introduction to what we can expect from this new Canadian singer songwriter from Prince Edward Island. Here's Irish Mythen with Jesus.
1: So, if you offend easily, this is the disclaimer. If it's all right for the Archbishop, it should be all right for you.
2: from the Orange. You're listening to my lovely friend Ron Moore. fill
1: up your mind. I hope you do not cry.
0: Well, that was Irish Mythen singing Jesus. I'm not sure where this was filmed, but I do want to tell you that backing her on the guitar is Dave Gunning, who he featured here uh, often. And uh, but unfortunately, I don't recognize the beautiful lady accompanying Irish on the fiddle, but nonetheless there you go. And joining me now from her home on the island of Prince Edward is Irish Mython. Irish Mythen, as a delight to be doing this. I, I've known you now for a number of years and I have watched you perform and I have enjoyed what you do and it's lovely to be talking to you about what I think is a very lovely and compelling album. Tell us about
2: it. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Ron. It's a pleasure to be with you. Um, I, I feel it is. Uh, I feel it's definitely my best album. I think every artist says that of their of their latest release. But this one is a little a little different for me. I'm, I'm, it's it's an album that I'm 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 very proud of. I'm very proud of the content. I'm very proud of the subject matter in each in each track. Uh, I'm very proud of the way we we chose to record it. Um, we 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 didn't record it in a in a traditional way. Uh, we didn't, uh, which of course we'll get to in a, in, in a bit. But yes. uh, um, yeah, and I'm, I'm very, very proud of, of, of who I chose to to come along for the ride with me, both in producer, engineer, and musicians.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, and I think you should be, uh, and and I think every well everybody will listen. Today will draw their own conclusions, but I guess I've already drawn mine, so I don't want to color this any further. But uh, you, you know, you've selected uh, a range of, of topics here from the very mm-hmm. personal to the very universal, and it's a nice mix and it's uh it all touches current they all touch current themes, current mm-hmm. individual feelings, current themes of, mm-hmm. of universality like mental health and immigration mm-hmm. and so forth and as we walk through these I, I think uh, we'll uh, we're going to go through a kaleidoscope of human emotions here that you've, mm-hmm, uh, you've mm-hmm. managed to pull together and, and, uh, yeah. uh sorry, I, I didn't want to cut you off here. I was...
2: No, no, I, quite the opposite. I was cutting you off. I think, um, I think you hit the nail on the head there with subject matter and, and the choice of, um, we, as you, you pick a genre where, or the genre picks you, whichever you can, we can debate that till the cows come home. Yes. But, um, folk for me, uh, I mean, I, I call myself a contemporary folk musician, but folk for me has has a weight that comes along with it uh, and a responsibility that comes along with it, um, that we have to take certain subjects um, that maybe, maybe is not the, the, the correct sort of career path or, or career option to, to jettison your career down that path, but... Um, but for me, I have a responsibility as a folk musician in picking that genre to to sing and create and talk about the sometimes and somewhat difficult uh, subjects. And I think they only become difficult because we're not talking about them. <laughs> you know, so it's True. like this full circle thing.
0: True.
2: Um And and for me, you've seen you've seen my live show, Ron. So for me, it was very important to. To try and recreate what the audience gets live, uh, as, as, as much as I could possibly without physically doing a live album. Um, and my touring schedule is, 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 is such that to set up a live, a live recording is, is, is going to take a, a you know, it's a massive undertaking. It's, it's, it's easily 12 to 16 to 18 months of planning getting getting the right venue getting all the recording uh, situated getting the right musicians having them not on tour at the same time so this was the closest I could do to giving the listener uh, what it would be like to see me live because there's you know there's little there's there's little places in the album where you kind of go oh hang on you know is, was that done correctly could that have been redone? And I'm like, no, no, absolutely, I couldn't. Things are too overproduced. They're too quick. Oh, you're to right about telished. that. They're too overproduced. You're right about that. And I thought, no, I want to give my listener an authentic, uh, an authentic experience. And, and, and I believe we, we, we got as close as we could with this, with this album.
0: And how did you do that?
2: Well, first of all, what we did is we did it over, uh, we, we did it in an incredible, uh, It's funny, Ron. So I'll try and say this using using uh, correct words. (laughs) We did it over a long space of time, but in a very short space of time. I was in the studio for probably five days straight, solid, and recorded everything I could. We recorded track after track after track and I re-recorded tracks that I thought I would go out on a little, on a little tour. And then I go, no, no, I prefer this way. I've been playing this song this way live. It works better. So we'd scrap the first one when we go in and then we got the musicians to come in and I remotely listened to them. And I was like, no, no, that's not what I need. I want this more of a vibe. So I was away the whole time. And then, but I was also overseeing. And then, uh, You know, we, we had some beautiful stuff done, beautiful stuff done with some beautiful musicians. And then I came back off tour and I said, you know what? I think we're scrapping all of this. This is not the vibe we want. Let's go for another angle. And then we got more people in. And so, and that's not to say, you know, that, that what the first musicians recorded was, was bad, certainly far from it. But I just thought, wait, I've got a, a, we've got a, a vibe and a vision for this. And I want to keep it all together. So the, the, the sort of brilliance of bringing the Atlantic string machine in, uh, was, it just really fit everything together because again, we go back to the overproducing. I didn't want people to listen to the album and then feel ripped off if they came and saw me solo. Cause as you know, and maybe some of your listeners don't know, I perform solo all the time. And um, so this, this idea of getting, you know, the Atlantic string machine in was just, it's almost like a lift, a bonus, but it doesn't take away from the content or the vocal or the guitar. So when you go see me live, you don't feel as ripped off, you know,
0: who did the studio um, work for you, Irish?
2: Pardon me?
0: Whose studio were you in and who engineered it?
2: Yeah. So we went out, uh, so Sergey Romanov is his name and he's a, he's brilliant. just a great friend of mine and a, and a brilliant man. And, uh, he turned the bottom of his house into a studio at huh. uh, the bottom floor of his house. And uh, there's been a, a number of recordings there, but I had an eye on it from the very first time he was starting to buy gear years ago. I was like, this could be, this could be something like really genius. It's out in the middle of the country in PEI. Huh. Uh, and it is just stunning. And he's meticulous. He is meticulous, but he also gets it because he's a musician himself. So he lets the product um breathe he lets he he let there's air where maybe other producers other engineers would go we have to put something in there no he gets it he got the whole thing because the vision we talked long 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 into many many nights and many hours about what we wanted to do and then there was also a trust in him Ron because i was like right i'm off i'm gone on tour for 3 months in australia i'll see you when i come back wow but don't put it on the shelf like keep working on it
0: <laughs> nice. I hear so, we need to get to some music, and uh, I want to pursue these uh, angles though with you because yeah, uh, well, there's lots to go uh, through here. But uh, well, why don't we start off with uh, Deep Dark Woods? I believe this Fair is a, a true story. It's uh, it's uh, wow. I mean this this is a scary story. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, did you want me to explain? Yes, that? please. Yeah, so I was on tour in the UK and uh, it was after shows with a great band called The Youngins. I was uh, on support with them. And um it was after one of the shows and where their friends came up and, and were saying like just this incredible story of his His mother got a phone call to say that uh, they had to come down to the police station immediately. Uh, a young gentleman had walked into the police station, just the local police station, and said that he had uh, committed a crime. Uh, a, a heinous one, and he could tell them who, where, what, when, how, where this person was laying now. All of this, and so the mother uh, knew that her son was in front of her, her husband was in front of her, but her daughter wasn't. So she phoned after got uh, off the police uh, phone call. She phoned her daughter, and her daughter answered the phone. This wow. gentleman had made it had made it all up. It was all Oof. in his head. Scary. But what really struck me most about the story was. That that family would never be the same again, even though nothing physical happened. Psychologically, that family would never be the same again. That girl would never be the same again. And it was that weight of how we don't in a society take psychological damage as much as physical damage. And, and so there was two angles on it for me, and then it became the deep dark woods.
0: Indeed. Uh, You know, as I guess we all know, mental illness is is something we've only begun to grapple with as as a society, and I guess we have a very long way to go. But without going any further, let's take a listen to uh, Deep, Deep Dark Woods, and we'll come right back.
1: But you've just taken my
0: Deep Dark Woods. Everybody comes from Irish Maiden's, uh Little Bones album, and we'll get to Little Bones along the way. But before we do, uh, immigration is probably, well, certainly in the United States. Well, no, let's go broader than that. Throughout Europe and North America and, and elsewhere, uh, immigration is probably the number one or number two ticket item on the on the bill. Uh, it's it's created havoc. Uh, and uh, continues to create havoc. You have uh, written a song about immigration speak to us about let them in.
2: Yeah, let them in was actually started um many years ago uh when I was uh, sitting in a I was playing a, a bar in uh, in Perth in Western Australia and uh we were of course in a different time zone um the complete opposite and all the lights went on after it was just into the second song. All the lights went on and, and, and the TVs came on and we all watched in horror as September 11th, 2001 happened. And the conversations that was going around straight after, uh, you know, as we were all watching the televisions was, you know, Arabs this, Arabs that, Muslims this, Islam this. And I, I took great offense to that um, you know, my parents spent 23 years in the Middle East. I, I went to school out there uh, in in the UAE, and and my parents lived in Bahrain for many, many years. And and I just thought the ignorance that was going around with with that's where we jump when something of terror happens. And it's uh, so it was really the seed was planted then. And then much later on, I started to see the Western world just totally turn away from from situations that that. You know, oft times we've created in the West, uh, you know, and, and I just felt like we need to shake our heads a little bit and, and, and realize that, that, like I said, oftentimes we've created the problem uh, or we could have helped and didn't. Um, and, and so I really feel that the, the, this underlining rise of the right and, and hatred and stuff, it just needs to, to be hit on the head very, very hard. And we need to we need to care about our fellow our fellow people and we need to help our fellow people. And um, no one's trying to take your job. No one's trying to take your daughter. It's it's, it's decency. It's human decency. And we need to educate ourselves. And so there uh, it became let them in.
1: And yes, one person can make a difference each and every day.
0: let them in everyone uh, another compelling piece from the pen of Irish and speaking about the pen of, of, of Irish uh, I'd like to ask you uh, I mean I know everybody asks these questions but I think it's because everybody's interested if you go back in time when you yes. first started putting pen to paper under what circumstances did that happen and and what were the motivations
2: well, lovely segue from Let Them In, um, because I was actually living in the Middle East. I would moved; uh, my parents had taken a job uh, in uh, in the Middle East, and I was fourteen at the time. And I was living in Ireland, and I was having a great time, you know, living the freedom, living the high life. Sure, I knew everything. I was a teenager, <laughs> and uh, and then they moved over to the Middle East, and I went with them. And I, it was a bit of a bit of a shock to me. Um, because all my friends weren't there, uh, I didn't have a group of friends there because I just arrived. And so my my parents bought me a guitar, and I'd never shown interest in it wow. before. Then,
0: holy cow! What, what what caused that? I wonder.
2: I have no idea. I have no idea. I, That's I presume it was they just wanted to get well, teenage angst out of the bedroom. Holy cow! And, uh, so they you, you'd be insightful cars. parents. Yeah, really, really. I I blame them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yes,
2: yeah, so, and a, a strange thing happened as soon as I touched it, it was almost like I knew how to play it and I'd never had a lesson and I still never had a guitar lesson or a singing lesson and I wow. can't read or write music. But, um,
0: Symbiosis. Something happens,
2: and, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I just took to it straight away Ron, hmm. and and my dad found out where there was a, um, where there was a, f- a folk night on and it was at the Alain Palace, the Ali Pali in, in downtown Abu Dhabi. The United Arab Emirates, and I sang my first song, "Shit Sliding Away," <laughs> and a song I'd written myself, um, which was absolute tripe and dire, but uh, and will never ever see the light of day. <laughs> but um, but there, that's the first time. So it was in the Middle East. That was the first wow. time that I ever wrote something down. And I wasn't one for poetry or anything like that, or even keeping a wow. diary prior to that. But once that I started doing that, it was like it opened up something within me, and and it hasn't stopped.
0: Since. What a sweet story that is. Isn't? <laughs> don't you find it fascinating how that happens in life to people?
2: No, oh, look, it was meant to be. I think I think that was it. My parents must have seen something, you know. Uh, I've still talked to them, and uh, you know, and I've asked them why did they buy the guitar, and they were just like, oh, we thought you might like it.
0: <laughs> Holy cow! Wow, that's just amazing. And I, it's just amazing. How did you How did you come to to Canada?
2: So um, the brilliant uh, Stan Rogers Folk Festival, uh, Troy and Jenny Greencorn, um, now Chris Greencorn Festival. I'm very proud of that. Their son, um, I I came over in 2006 to play that, and uh, a number of festivals followed, and then 2007 there was a, there was a bigger tour. And uh, and the end of 2007, I, I I decided I I would really like to to give it a stab in Canada because all of the research led to Canada being one of, one of the most friendliest places on the planet, but also the most one of the most difficult to break into as a solo folk artist because the level was so high, especially if you weren't from Canada. And I've always been brought up to not play tennis against someone you can beat because you'll never get any better. So I thought right. We'll go to the hardest place, and and by God, it was it was hard, but I cracked it.
0: <laughs> Ireland's loss is Canada's gain.
2: Yay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> did you ever? I think the answer is yes, and mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is a song that's at once very personal but very universal. Tell us about did you ever?
2: Yeah, did you ever, Kim? but It's 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 like me, twelve year old me, at a disco, school disco, thinking that there was there was something wrong with me. You know, as as many LGBTQ plus to uh, a um, people feel you know when they're that age, I think there's something wrong with them and 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 uh, and I remember I just remember feeling how how right it felt, but how wrong it felt and I, I then as later on as an adult, I just thought, how many times in our lives do we not do things because we think we overthink the consequence, you know uh, instead of going and taking the opportunity so. So did you ever was a big kind of shout out to, to little 12 year old me and also to me as an adult to remember to as long as you're not, you know, doing anything stupid or not hurting anyone is to, it's to absolutely just go for it because living a life of regret would be a very, very desperate thing.
1: I e
0: said you every everyone lovely insights uh, as we find here and we find through all of the, the numbers you've so thoughtfully carefully and insightfully penned here well that's the end of part one of this podcast but don't go away the second half is just a click away with lots more to come so stay tuned and carry on over to part two of episode 36